This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening all, it's Monday night and welcome to the Tilt and Talk show. I'm Paul Hipkiss and we're joined by Chris Brown. Good evening. Claire Giblin. Good evening. Alan Watson. Good evening. Not in a robe, Mark Adams. Hello everyone. <laughs> Mark Meredith, sponsored by Rolf Loren. Evening all. <laughs> Craig Courtney. Good evening all. And our very special guest for the night is one of our best captains, certainly over the last 10 years. I'm delighted to say we're joined tonight by Michael Morrison. So obviously top of the show, I want to obviously, I'm sure we all do wish Tony Mowbray a speedy recovery. He's got to take six to eight weeks out, unfortunately, um, after a little MOT that he had recently. And um, I'm sure we all wish him a speedy recovery and all the best. The one thing, I was pleased to see was that he can still get involved you know whether you want to read into this or not but it tells me that it's hopefully not that bad that he can still get involved you know on zoom and and whatnot you know from from uh from his home hopefully you know and still be involved with his staff in the club he just can't physically be there for six to eight weeks so hopefully we'll see him make a speedy recovery and be back on the on the training ground with the lads as soon as possible but uh but yeah great result anyway last two last week obviously six points from a possible six and you know, uh, a great two wins, and the, we'll start with Blackburn. Claire, start us off with your thoughts on Blackburn. Uh, well, I'm going to start off first of all saying um, I hope everything went well today with Lorraine and uh, resting for peace, and I hope she had a really good send off as well. Um, quite fitting that we won two two games in a week with everything that's gone on as well. Um, thought we played well both games. To be fair, I thought um, Blackburn we we absolutely annihilated them they, they had no no nothing against us um it was a typical Eustace performance he went really defensive at 70 definitely don't miss that anymore and I think you know the relief for when we scored that goal you could feel it and I thought it was brilliant 
yeah. I thought we played really, really well. I thought we were all over them. We just couldn't hit a barn door. I thought, thankfully, on Saturday, we actually learned how to shoot in the <laughs> period of three or four days. But we could have, we could have beaten them four now. We could have, we could have beaten them by more. We just. We were playing NFL and rugby league, weren't we, instead of playing football. But, yeah, I thought that we played really well. I think both games, um, I think Sunderland, I think we played well as well. And the atmosphere mm. for Sunderland was electric. It was brilliant in the bars beforehand. Um, it wasn't great trying to get a drink or go to the toilet at half-time, mind. Yeah. But, you know, it was full and it made you choke up a little bit when when they came out and you just saw everywhere full even the Gil Mary Copper and I just yeah. it was just phenomenal and to get a result as well I mean yeah. those limbs were exceptional so fair play Tilt and Lower especially you went for it on that point yeah. Um, yeah I think you know it's good to see Giselle was playing well um, I thought Stansfield was a bit quiet, but he hasn't had the service recently. But I thought Miyoshi was good. And again, I've got to put my hands up. Tyler Roberts, you are shocking me at the moment because yeah. you had one of your best games in a Birmingham City shirt. So I don't know what's happened with him, but I, I think that, you know, we're turning a corner. Hopefully, we can play for Tony Mowbray now. If, you know, if you need an incentive, you've got it. So really happy two wins in two take that into yeah. Saturday definitely that was my daughter's first experience of a sold out St Andrews um, and you know like you say you put a lump in your throat you know before kickoff, and just seeing us standing there taking it all in as a 13 year old for the first time was unbelievable and correct me if I'm wrong I think the last time we sold out it might have been Fulham at home and Morrow I know you played in that didn't you had Fulham at home and we had to win that didn't we to be safe yeah I think that was the last game Paul Robinson yeah. played he come on last 10-15 minutes uh, we yeah. actually left the, we left the grass really long that day. I remember Fulham complaining how long we left the grass because it was baking hot and we didn't want them to to pop it round us. So we left the grass really long. <laughs> yeah, that was. A, I remember it being a really hot day as well. It was a lovely day, and uh, mm. I was in. I was lucky enough to be in hospitality that day as well. And uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a beer or twelve that day after we won that and secured our place in the in the division. I'll say, but uh, Mark Adams, give us your thoughts on Sunderland, mate, as well. So what do you yeah. Think? Yeah. I thought I thought we we deserved to win. I think we, um, considering they're going for the playoffs or whatever, I thought we more than matched them. I think yeah. there's, those those top six sides, you know, it's much for muchness. There's not a lot mm. to be scared of, so it, it kind no. of gives you a bit of hope for the for the future. Um, yeah. Some of them were tall; they were you know like giants, but we you know we popped it around them nicely, and you know we deserve to win. It's um, yeah. when all of a sudden looking at mid table, which we've been saying for a few few years now, mid table success I might sound boring, but. Yeah, I think for me on Saturday, um, Tony Mowbray got the subs absolutely spot on. He bought them on the right side. You know, I know we equalised just before he made them. You know, we did score with Todd Roberts was obviously involved in the first goal, but then he's took Todd Roberts off and he's bought on Dembele and he's bought on uh, Bakuna as well. And they had a big impact on the game, the pair of them really, didn't they, Alan? Uh, well, indeed, yeah. The, those those two came up, uh, Bakuna particularly, he, he, he created both winning goals, didn't he? Uh, yeah. with, with almost his first touch. But uh, I, I, I tell you what, it struck me during the game and afterwards that I, I'm almost glad that we went to golf down and, and, and we, we did look, you know, we made a couple of mistakes, but we didn't, the heads didn't go down. In fact, it, 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 it sort of, um, you know, got us going. And, we, you know, instead of, instead of moping, 
we we got we got stuck in, and and from that moment on, from the goal, uh, and and then the save from uh, Ruddy, you know, the, the the sleeves got rolled up, and we got stuck in, and we, you know, they they did they were they were nothing after that. Mm. Uh, uh, Bellingham's booking that helped a great deal because we never saw him again. Yeah, uh, uh, mm. but 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 the overall, I'm thinking not only not only did we play very well but we you know we start we, we basically took a, a step back before we got started and and so the, the the merit of the win was was even better i mean it's good uh, to be honest i thought blackburn were crap uh but sunderland weren't sunderland yeah. weren't they you know they, i mean they've sacked the manager today um yeah and i've listened to some of their people but you know that they've got proper defenders and they've got i mean Clark, Clark is a top class player, uh, and you don't want to give him the ball, the 50 yards from goal, and, and let him run on. But we did, and we got over it, and and that that speaks volumes to me of the character and the determination of of of, of the side, which let's be honest has been missing for, <laughs> well, since October, shall we put it that way? Uh, I mean, I, I, mean I, I had a difficult week visiting all these uh, poorly friends of mine. Uh, but it was bookended by I went to the match on the Tuesday. I stayed in Birmingham for the week, and then before I went home, I I, I was at Sunderland. So I, I, it was a topsy turvy week for me, and 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 but I, I felt really, really, really good going home. I mean, it was it was the fastest journey I've ever made from Birmingham to Sussex. I tell you, uh, you know, I, I was walking up the garden path here, thinking that didn't take long. You know, yeah. normally I'm, <laughs> I'm down here. But it was it was terrific. I, 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 the, when when that goal went in, the first goal, I've never, I haven't heard that noise oh, for a long time. Incredible. I no. really haven't. It was, it was unbelievable. Mm. I thought the roof was going to cave in. It was fantastic. I, I yeah. really happy. Mm. I, bet, I bet it's like no other, isn't it, Morrow? When you're playing a sold out St Andrews and you're walking out onto that pitch before kickoff, you know it must send shivers down your spine as a player as well. Yeah, I think the first experience I had that was uh, Gary Routes Watf- Watford on the the Tuesday night. Uh, that was an electric atmosphere. I think we won three one that day. I don't know if Clayton got two or three, but I remember yeah. I remember that one being the first, my first, you know, home game there, and the taste of it. Yeah, you, you know, the the sound of it. I spoke to Juki. I was actually out with him on Sunday and was saying how much how electric and how good it must have been at the weekend to see it see it full because like you say it hasn't been the last time I come they'd just done they'd just done the standing and we're just starting to put people into into that bit so uh, yeah it's great to see it back back to how it should be yeah next time you speak to Duke will you thank him from me for giving the Bakuna for giving Bakuna the ball really quickly to take that free kick to pass it mm. through for Stansfield did he get an assist for that or not I'd have to yeah. ask him he gets a free assist um, but yeah, I don't know if you've seen any of the action of us the last week, mate, because I know you was busy beating Carlisle 4-0 on Saturday, weren't you? Yeah, it was a long trip up to Carlisle, so I did see the highlights on the way back. I watched them a, a bit, to be fair, and I think the thing that kept coming up on the highlights was uh, Michael Beale ignoring the, ignoring the other the guy that he'd subbed off. That one kept getting clipped on yeah. Instagram rather than the actual game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Craig, I know you made an appearance on Davo's diary as well, didn't you? On Davo's video. Uh... Oh, the, the back of my head did. Um, <laughs> That's the best bit. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the, the lights were gleaming off it from what I saw. Um, no, I mean, at the first thing, you know, just to make up what you said, Paul, I mean, it was, it was the first time that my two daughters have seen St. Andrew's fall. And I think oh. it's, uh, 
it makes a difference for the kids. It's, you, you know, we, we've said it beforehand. We had schools, groups, uh, and tickets donated to various parties that now that they've been down there, not only experienced the full house, but experienced the win. Mm. And for me, it's always better when you get when you win after being behind. That that should draw them back. And I think the club will they'll know now what they need to do in order to to, to continue that. And and I do say and I hope, really do hope that they do more of it. As, as we move forwards uh, the difference for me I think on, on Saturday was uh, and, and you've touched on it once the heads never dropped you know the no. most, that mm. never say die and even after they conceded the goal and it was a very sloppy goal to give away you, you know um, but Roberts could have dropped his head and he didn't he actually no. come back fighting and, and came close himself to getting the equaliser not long later off that corner yeah um, but we were on the front foot straight after the kickoff, and that was the good thing. That's that's what we have been missing, uh, and we're seeing more of now. Tuesday night, you know, we, we played Blackburn off the field, and I haven't again. If we'd have just had our shooting boots on, then then Chris could have been a bit worried about how he was presenting this evening. But unfortunately, he's got away with it again. But um, it's it, I still think it's to come. I still think we can go on the run. And, uh, and actually, after the uh, the Sunderland interview, what the, the the lad that I spoke to actually said, comparison of Birmingham to Sunderland is is unreal because they went on a run of loads of chances of not scoring. Then they went on a run of scoring loads of goals, and they actually spanked a team six 0 not long later. Chris, so <laughs> it's, it's time to worry, mate. Yeah, just so you know, Morrow, Chris has promised if we score six goals in a game, he's promised to do the show naked the week after. I think you'll be all right, Chris. I reckon you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll do as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, Meredith, how are you, mate? I know you was obviously... Was it last week, Mardi Gras, you weren't here, was you? No, I was in New Orleans last week for Mardi Gras, yeah. So, uh, just still getting over that. Um, <laughs> but no, it's good to be able to see... Uh, you know, I seen the win Tuesday. I was still in New Orleans. I watched it on the TV. Um, and then I was back home for, for Saturday's game. But... Um, yeah, just echoing everybody else's. I thought Tuesday we were very good. Um, outplayed Blackburn for 90 minutes. Could have scored a lot more, but was happy with the one. Um, Saturday, I thought it was slow a little bit. First half, we we had the we, we were in the game, but I thought it was slow. Um, obviously, we made the mistake for the goal, but again, as everybody said, we didn't put our heads down. We carried on and. Second half, it was nice because it was like back in the old days where you, you're kicking again, you know, kicking in front of the tilt and and the atmosphere's up and and the fans are behind you and to get two goals obviously helps everybody and and the reaction. I know we always talk about. Um, hang on, it's like a zoo in here. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to um, like you for that. Doctor Doolittle. Yes. So, but um. Yeah, just, you know, getting those two goals helps. And we, we talk about, you know, having the fans something to shout about. And I thought second half, they really did. Um, and it just, again, six points out of six is is great for us. And we, we've got two tough games coming up, Ipswich and Southampton. And, you know, two teams that are pulling out good results as well. So it'll be good. It'd be good to see now the level we're at against those two teams, especially on Saturday going away to Ipswich because they're, you know, they're a top team this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And I think message from me, if anyone from the club's watching this, I think it's absolutely huge 
you know, if we can make it happen, the incentive that they did for Sunderland's game, yeah. you know, if they can do that for every single home game for the rest of this season, it's going to make such a difference, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I, I guess Morrow as a player, you know, when you're playing at a, a sold-out St Andrews compared to what it can be like, obviously, when it's half full, it just makes, it's that extra man on the pitch, more or less, isn't it? It makes such a difference when you're playing, I guess. Yeah, 100%. And I think people sometimes, you know, you see players here, it's uh, hear them say it all the time, but I think everybody got to experience what it was like over COVID without fans. And then yeah. fans coming back in, that's when you really, really appreciate what what you were missing. And as a footballer, when you score a goal, you know, when there's no fans in the stadium, it, it's not the same. And I think COVID had a real effect on on players, realising actually, like, you know, you shouldn't take the, the support that you get for granted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you score a goal when there was no fans in the stadium, now you professional footballers know how I slot feel when we score a goal over, you know, uh, our local club or something or our yeah. side. You could still see everyone running into the corner doing knee slides and stuff, though. That was the only thing that got me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so let's take it back then, Michael. Let's go back to your... Obviously, I know you was at um, Charlton, weren't you, before you came to us? And uh, how did the move to Blues come about? I know, obviously, Gary Rowett had just taken over and we'd unfortunately just lost by a heavy margin. I won't say the score, but we'd lost by a heavy margin at home to Bournemouth. And, mm. um, you know... Uh, Gary Rabbit came in then the week after that and we drew nil-nil away at Wolves didn't we did you sign before that game did you play in that game yeah I played in that yeah. game I signed on the Friday on the Friday night um, yeah. I'd been in the team at Charlton for a pretty regular for the last few years and then they changed the manager and uh, I was out of the team and obviously at that time you could still do loans you can't do that anymore so you know it was impossible to happen now um, and obviously Gary had come in I think off the back of that 8-1 or 8-0 against eight. Bournemouth Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and he was after a centre-half pretty obviously you've lost games after a centre-half and I didn't know at the time but it was between me and Greg Halford um, oh. and fortunately enough uh, you know he chose me um, he made, the right, he made the right choice mate <laughs> we, well, we still ended up signing Greg in the end I know I know. Um, yeah. so I ended up going on the Friday training doing the Wolves game um, and it, sometimes it's so it happens so quick I remember getting told about it like Wednesday, then having to make a decision on the Friday. And and to be honest, I you know I was um and an R in you know is this a is this a good move? Do I stay at Charlton? Because you know you've just lost just lost eight 0 the year before that. Just stayed up last day of the season. Paul Caddis goal. Um, so you're thinking you know what what you're walking into as such. Yeah. But you know I, I, I've never regretted it once since doing it. It's been fantastic. I still live in the area. I love my time there. But it was it was so quick how it happened you get into the game sometimes that's brilliant the game I think might have even been on telly on the Saturday or whatever you yeah. just get straight into it you know it's a massive game as well um, and you probably don't feel the nerves because you haven't had that week to build up for me I'm just like right full on let's go and then we played on the Tuesday and got a good result and it just snowballed so quickly um, the yeah. way Gary was able to give everybody so much confidence um, you know it was it was a miraculous turnaround really yeah yeah what was he like to play for Gary was he kind of like as soon as you came in and had you had much dealings with Gary Road before you came no, to lose never uh, met Gary before didn't have a conversation with him before I signed really it was just get up to get up to the training ground so you could train Friday and play um, there wasn't like a, a relationship that you know I knew someone through someone um, to get me there so you know, I, you know I'm really grateful he did bring me there and I thought he was a really good people person I think he knew the strengths of the team Um you know, obviously we had Paul Robinson at the back at the time, Specs. So we sat off a little bit deeper, but we had people like Damari Gray with, you know, terrific pace. Clayton Donaldson at the time was a real talisman. He could do a bit of both. He was so athletic and strong yeah. up front. He really used 
uh, what talent he had in the team and executed it in the right way to get the strengths out of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with him on that, so Damari Gray on the left and David Cottrell was on the right as well, wasn't he? And that was pretty yeah, good for Clay. Service-wise, he got good service, didn't he? He on his own. Yeah, had really good balance. And, you know, at some point, Andrew Shinney, when I first came in, was on fire as well. He really played a good, a big part when, when Gary first come in. Um, and, yeah, I just think he was he was quite... Um, I don't know what the word is. Quite quite straightforward. A lot of clarity in what he wanted to do and the approach of what he wanted to play. And and he knew the talents that we had. So we, you know we wanted to get Damari on the ball deep and run. He had Jax Magoma as well that he'd worked with as well that ended up playing so many games and was so athletic and skillful. And then he had you know good balance with Kotcher on the right and Paddy being able to get past him and, and push on them. So he linked up really well and it it just blended and worked really really well when he got hold of the team and. You know, and what he did with that team, and unfortunately, we didn't see the end of what 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 could have been. Um, and I think that's always the question mark with Gary: how far he could have took us. Yeah, definitely. But with that that season you signed, we did go on to finish tenth in the league, which was a massive improvement from obviously the season before. You know, staying up at the last day at Bolton, and um, then the following season, you know, we went on to finish tenth again with the shirt that Craig's wearing there. You know, with the diagonal strike yeah. down. And John Sorrell came in on loan that season, didn't he? And he was just fantastic. The first time I've, I've experienced a lone player come in and be okay, he's all right, and then by the end of the season, see that the the amount of improvement that that he had from when he first started playing to the end. I know he scored that wicked goal against Burnley on one of the first games of the season, great volley. But I think he just improved so much as a player, and I, I really thought his career was going to really kick on, and it's not quite happened. From from that season, you thought, oh, this guy's going to get into the Premier League and go on. It not quite happened for him. He still made a good career, don't get me wrong, but he was really special that year. Yeah, definitely. Claire, give us some of your good Morrow memories. Because <laughs> I got the posters along the wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was absolutely gutted when you weren't offered a new contract. We generally all thought you were going to stay. How did it feel when you were told that you weren't wanted by the club anymore and you weren't going to be given? Because I think you wanted, didn't yeah. they offer you a year, but you wanted two or three? Yeah, at the time, I, I mean, I played for Gary. It was Gary Monk that was in charge. Um, I'd scored seven goals that season. I'd been captain, uh, played near near enough every game. Um, and I'd always been told, don't worry, everything will be fine. We'll, we'll look after you. I think Don was in charge of it at the moment at, at that time. So I sort of got my head down and just, and just carried on. There was a couple of bits in January that I didn't pursue because I was expecting the club to, to offer me a good deal at the end of the season. Um, and obviously in that time as well, a lot of players had come in on, on big wages as well. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, I've been one of the key players. So I feel like my deal was, you know, back when Gary was in charge and there was a cap on, you know, what people were getting paid and stuff. So, I, you know, I thought I was in line for a bit of a pay rise as well, not only the years. And when they come and said, right, this is the offer. It's a year, take it or leave it. It was a bit of a, a change to what I'd been told previously building up to that time. So... Yeah, I, I was disappointed. I thought I was valid to ask for, for a two-year deal. I'm obviously still playing. Now I ended up playing three years at Reading in the Championship after after that. Um, so I was surprised. I think maybe a little bit I got caught up in Gary Monk and Dong having a bit of a fight because Gary wanted to keep me and, and was you know a big supporter of mine. And I don't know whether some of that came into the fact when them two were obviously, you know, they obviously fell out as well. So there was a bit going on behind that. Um so yeah, it was frustrating for me. And if I'd have took that year, it was actually COVID the following year. So it made my it made it even more difficult the following bit. So you know, when I look about it for my family, um, 
you know, it was a good decision to turn it down. Obviously, a really difficult one. And like, I've moved back to the area. You know, I feel really at home at Birmingham. And, you know, I live in Solihull and, and love it up here. Um, so it was a really difficult one to then go and, and go and move somewhere else. But it, it's just one of them things that happen at football. It's timing. And it was quite frustrating afterwards to see quite a few lads then get two or three year deals later on that, you know, within six or seven weeks. I was like, well, why didn't I get that? You know, um, I felt like I'd been a good servant to the football club. I didn't feel like I'd was asking for too much and you know I felt like I'd sort of got caught out of the club and then you know people like Harley Dean and Maxine Collin you know all good players ended up getting new contracts and I was like oh where, where was mine yeah absolutely yeah yeah Chris we got any good early questions coming in for Michael at all? Uh, there was a couple yeah, quite a bit uh, you should have got a longer deal the expensive red nap uh, players contract meant there was no equal parity with some of the players we had already had says uh, is our friend Bick and I've gone past all the ones met Morrow. Sorry. So what? What do you feel you did walk into Morrow? Great group of lads, was it? Says Benji. When I first walked in, yeah, I mean it was a good English group. I've been at Charlton, and we'd had some troubles at the time. The new owner had come in, and we were getting you know lads from all over the world coming in from there. He owned it's Deutschland. He owned six clubs and so every week a new player would come in and we never know who he was so it was nice to you know actually recognize and know a few of the players um it was a hard working you know old school values in that team and it had some real real quality as well and like i say off the pitch i think quite a few lads still speak to each other and there was a good set of people and and that can go a long way especially in the championship mm, definitely alan do you have anything to ask michael yourself yeah i was very interested in in in, in what you said about your leaving and, I, and and about other players who were given longer contracts. Now, I... I, I you, you, you had another... You didn't stay at Birmingham, but you went to Reading and you probably had the cash you were looking for or whatever and, and had a good three or four years there. So you had another career after you left Birmingham. And some of the people who you've named who stayed... You know, we're, we're offered contracts around the twenty nine thirty mark. By the time they got their three years in, you're thinking, well, we should have got rid of those. Not because they, they were bad players, but because their time, they hadn't got any value left. You know, if they'd left, they'd have gone into the uh, second and third uh, division two or three. Uh, sorry, one or two. Uh, and had another career. And it was ironic that we saw you and Harley Dean uh, uh, in opposition a few months ago on the telly. I sat there thinking, oh, look who's here, you know. And immediately I thought of your situation and his. Now, he was he was given a longer contract after, at the age of about 29. But by the time he got to the middle of that contract, people wanted him out the side. And, and we couldn't get rid of him um, because he was on too much money. And, and But then he went on loan and, and then he came back uh, and did okay then. But what I'm saying is, uh, I mean, for you personally, it probably worked out okay in the end, didn't it? I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't have got rid of you either. But you did go and you did have a good time, a, a, a good career at Reading and moved on. Well, it came as you are now. Yeah, yeah, full circle now. So I, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I and you're still it, and you're but... still going and you're still going. Um, other players have gone, 
uh, oh, so some of the ones that are still there, you're thinking, well, really, you know, we we should have should have said goodbye for their sake as well. You know, yes, you you're, you're going to get a decent contract at the age of 32 that you wouldn't you're not going to get for Bir- for Birmingham. So maybe we should have moved you out when you've still got some legs. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. And and, mm. and, and I think it worked out okay for you. Not for, yeah, not- I think my the the my priority at the time I was 31. I'd played every game. You know, I thought a two year deal was 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 viable. You know, before yeah. you even start talking about the money or the fact that it was only a year, put you know you're in the same six months later. You're thinking, well, well what am I going to be doing? Um, and actually, I had a fantastic time at Reading. Um, you know, I really feel bad for what's happening at that football club at the moment, and they definitely don't deserve it. The fan base with me was yeah. exceptional, and you know, and I had a really good time. We just missed out on the playoffs. Um, when I was there, got to play with Michael Elise, uh, John Swift, that's at West Brom, great player. You know, some really good players, Lucas Yao, Yaku Mate. We had a really, really strong team. Uh, Omar Richards, who's in the Premier League as well now. So we had a really strong team. So I felt, you know, when when I got there and, you know, I enjoyed my time there. But yeah, I feel like there was it was cut short a little bit at Birmingham. And I think most people, which is nice to hear when I speak to people, most people agree with that. Maybe if I'd have stayed a year longer, they'd have been like, right, we've had enough of him. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and some nice, of the people nice you've talked about, like some of the people you've talked about, they they they've had those two two and a half years, and they the legs haven't taken them through it basically, because because mm. it suddenly catches up. Um, so maybe the maybe you did the right thing. <laughs> you five years at the club as well, Murray. You had played for five managers, didn't you? You had Gary Rowett, and then you had obviously Gianfranco Zola, and then Harry Redknapp, and then Steve Cottrell. And then after Steve Cottrell was obviously Gary Monk. And for me, you know, that, that, those, out of those five managers, obviously, I guess they were all, well, how can I put it, very different from one another. I'll put it politely. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was sort of around, started good and finished good. I think that's how I would, that's how I'd put it. Um, I actually really enjoyed Harry. I, I got on with him really well. I thought he, um, he'd come in and obviously did a great job. When he first came in, he, he was very honest, said, listen, I don't watch a lot of championship football. I don't know who everyone is. He obviously knew who Craig was at the time, Craig Gardner. But other than that, and, and uh, Kushak, the goalkeeper, but other than that, he, he didn't have a good working knowledge of, of who we were. But he did bring in uh, Steve, and Steve was very knowledgeable about the league, about the standard of football, what needed to be done. And, and Harry was so good at just having that demeanour, being relaxed, being calm. Um, uh, yeah, I really liked Harry, and it, a shame it didn't really work out. And I think at the time the club just wasn't aligned. You know, when you think about that summer, he was talking about signing Ashley Cole, Robbie Keane, and then he ends up with three lads from Brentford and a lad from Barnsley. No disrespect to any of them, but when when I think about Harry Redknapp and he's talking about Ashley Cole and Robbie Keane, that's not what he's expecting to get served up. And I think that was a little bit of the alignment from the recruitment back when Gianfranco was in charge, and and it kind of. We threw money at it, and you have to get it right when you do it. Otherwise, it doesn't work, and it puts you in puts you in a bad spot. As we had, you know, when I was here under under Gary Monk, we had the the point deduction. Yeah, absolutely. And Mark Meredith, was you at the club when Morrow first signed? Because 2014, you moved over there, didn't you, to Dallas? Oh yeah, just he just. Uh, I think Michael had just joined Blues when I moved here. I would say you on loan 2014, right, Michael? Yeah, that must be about right. God, it seems a long time away now. <laughs> I think the only ever time I watched you play is obviously on TV here. So I moved over here to coach um, in 2014. Um, so, yeah, I'd watched it. But my question to you was, obviously, we, you just talked about Cambridge and you started there, now you're back there. Um, 
Was that something that you, when you when you moved to Cambridge, was that something you planned to go back to where you started? And is that going to be, do you think that'll be the end of the rest of your career now and we go into coaching and stuff after? Yeah, it's very difficult to say whether, you know, it, it's planned. In football, you can never plan anything. Um, but I had the opportunity. I was at Portsmouth and I was, I was still playing. I was in the team. We weren't doing very well at the time. And I knew the manager at Cambridge for when I was first there, when I was at Academy, when I was 17, he was part of the Academy set up. Um, and I'd always kept in touch with him. So when I had the opportunity, um, I couldn't really turn it down. It was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to help. I thought I could help. And uh, we ended up staying on the last day of the season. It was, you know, for me, when I think about it, you know, I had friends that come and watch me at 17 when I was 17. And now I've got friends, I'm 35. I've got friends that bring their kids to the game. You know, my mum and dad live 20, 30 minutes away. So on a Friday night, I stay at their house. You know, and they, they get to see me every week. I get to spend time with family as well. We go down at half term. So for an encompass, the whole thing, when you're 35 and you're my age and you play and you want to play for a purpose, you want to play for something that you really love and it fits with your family as well. And I think that, that whole package that I had, um, you know, I couldn't turn down. And that's probably why, you know, my time at Portsmouth got cut short as well because, you know, I couldn't miss this opportunity. When I was at Portsmouth, I was travelling down, up and down from from Solihull. I was missing a bit of my family as well. So it was a great all-round package um, to go there. And I suppose when you say, you know, to finish the second part, is that the end of my career there? Um, hopefully I can play as long as I can. And, you know, you, you hope that afterwards there might be a role within the football club because I would have been there and seen it and played a lot, you know, a lot of times. I'm nearly up to nearly just over 150 games there playing for Cambridge. Um so yeah, it would be a nice round circle. But again, if if I still feel like I can play, it's the best job in the world. So I want to try and get as much out of my career as possible. You're a long time retired, so a lot of my friends keep telling me. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Sorry, Paul. I was going to ask. Let's ask my thought. Did you ever get the the opportunity to play abroad, or would you have took it? Uh, yeah, do you know what? It's something that me and my wife have talked about a lot. I had a couple of opportunities when I was at Blues just before my contract was finishing. I had an offer to go to Montreal. Um, and Vancouver um, mm. which which we thought about um, but actually my wife was pregnant in the May um, and the, the length of the contract was only a year so that would have been six months from the end of mine so it didn't quite work out that one I think the uh, trying to think of I've been offered just before I signed for Blues I've been asked to go to Hungary um, which, I, which I didn't take didn't fancy that one <laughs> And I think the most bizarre one, I'd been offered to go to Azerbaijan once, but wow. I think the wife, when I was talking about going abroad, I'm not sure that's what she was thinking of. <laughs> oh, a lot right. of love for you. There's a lot of love coming in for you on the shout box as well, Michael. So uh, Mike, uh, Paul Toot says, Michael, good honest professional who, let, who never let us down. Um, is it Tom Richardson's asking, is it true Morrow went on a lads holiday to Amsterdam with Clifton Bowl? Any good stories you can tell us from that trip? Uh, I'm not sure I can tell any stories, but it is true. I, me and me and Juki, the year that we stayed up against Bristol City, we went um, we went over to the following weekend. We went over to Amsterdam with Michael, met him, and then uh, this year I went back over and see Keith again as well. He's over back in Holland playing, and we went over in the summer and see him as well. But not too many sh- stories that I can share, though. <laughs> yeah, Robo tells me he loves his Dutch house music as well, did he, Keith? Oh, he loves a night out he's good value when he first came to the club he couldn't speak any English and oh. uh, the lads took him out into Birmingham for a night out and he just kept doing the uh, one two three and then doing you know like the <laughs> rock paper scissors for shots couldn't speak any English was just out doing <laughs> rock paper scissors and having shots with the lads he, he's just a top boy Jason Hughes is saying they say never go but what was so I know you've sort of alluded to this anyway slightly but 
what what was it like going back to a club uh, you left almost 20 years before and had had the, had it actually changed much at Cambridge United when you went back there from when you was first there well yeah from when I was first there we were non-league um, we'd train we'd meet at the stadium we'd train round at the park I remember one time a dog had come by the drinks bottles and pissed on the drinks <laughs> bottles um, but I'd gone from you know from that level and now when I've come back we're in, back in the football league they've just built a new training ground um, you know the, there's some real development they bought the stadium back that they had to sell when we went into nearly went into administration and, and got relegated um, so the club's come on so much so it's been able to see you know from night and day really and then been able to support and help and you know implement some ideas that I've seen off the pitch as well as captain you know it's been it's been brilliant to, to go and help and, and support a club that you know that I owe so much to as, as yeah. a kid well that's good Ray Hobro good question from Ray Hobro um, so after playing a home game on a Saturday what's a typical Saturday evening consist of for you uh, well I, I normally travel back so I'll travel back, get home, kids are, put the kids to bed and bottle of wine and a film really on a Saturday night. If the yeah. results have gone well, I'll watch some of the ITV, you know, they do the Football League highlights. Yeah. I'll watch some of that. But if not, I'll, I'll ignore the highlights. How many times did you watch that? How, did you time, how many times did you watch the uh, Morrow Donner goal that you scored then? Yeah, oh, I, 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 I got yeah. asked the other day, when was the last time you Googled yourself? And I think I'd done it about 20 times after the shoes. <laughs> what about when you was at Blues, mate? When you lived there, obviously, I presume you lived there when you was at Blues as well. And um, what, what, what about the Saturday night after you played and you was only Saturday a sort night. of thing road? Do you know what? Um, it's, it's always difficult, really. I, I suppose it out with your missus, or like I've always, you know, since I was at Birmingham, my first child, uh, you know, my first child was only six months or just over a year when we first moved. So it's always difficult for childcare and stuff to get somebody to look after small babies. You wait for your parents to go up, but uh, I don't live too far from the farm, so I, I do like a, a pint down there. Yeah, yeah, good shape. So, uh, so yeah, Claire, you've got some uh, quick fire questions, I believe, for Michael. Yeah, let me just find them. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> just um, while that's uh, while Claire's finding that, Terry uh, Zulu Dempsey has said, uh, Morrow, do you think you could uh, ever join Soli Hall in the conference and help him out maybe towards the end of your career? It's a good shout, isn't it? Yeah, it's not yeah. a bad shout. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. It'd be local. It's a bit, bit closer to me. Yeah, I mean, they're doing really well this, this season. So, you know, I do follow them a little bit because I know Craig Cope, who was a sporting director before. He's not now. And I got to meet the owner. I went to a couple of games and stuff uh, yeah, yeah. not too long ago. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing exceptionally well. Um, so, yeah, never rule anything out. Uh, um, but I am enjoying myself at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Wingy pretty well. The manager at Sunny Moors as well. Even though he supports them up the road, he's a great guy. So, uh, for what for one of the uh, opposite fans, he's uh, he's a decent bloke, Wingy as well. And he's doing a really good job there, isn't he? Yeah. So, uh, so Robe, have you got uh, Morrow on your bedroom wall as well as Claire? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, you know, I'm good friend material. If ever you're, you're interested, Michael, <laughs> 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 I've got many mates. No, uh, actually, Morrow, That's talking true. of your goals for Blues, what was your favourite one? Do you remember? I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably, um, I'd probably say Sheffield United just because it was my last one at, at home. It was the last time uh, I scored there, so I'd, pro I'd probably say that. I did lose, I did lose my man not too long ago, uh, not too long after that, and uh, they scored, and it was my man. But I think it was Derby or Sheffield United was my last home goal. Um, yeah. So I have one of them really. Interesting question from Graham Haynes coming in. How did Morrow find the second City derby? What was it like? I don't know. You played in the one, and sadly the guy's not with us anymore. You know, our fan that ran on the pitch, and yeah. you know, 
went up yeah. to Jack Grealish. He sadly passed away over the last sort of 12, 18 months. So, uh, but what was it like being on the pitch when that happened as well as a player? Yeah, uh, I suppose the first, the the home one that I remember in my mind, the the biggest home one was was probably when John Terry was the other captain for Aston Villa. You know, that was quite, you know, you're looking across, you're going, right, we want to win this. Then you know, it was the first time they started doing all the pyrotechnics over the stadium. And I think, Fuck, how hot is that? So I was walking out and it was electric atmosphere and you look around, you got John Terry, who you'd watched on TV that was, you know, obviously been England captain and stuff. Um, so that was a, that was a, a big one. Um, and then the time when we beat, uh, well, when uh, we nearly beat him and Tim Sherwood was the manager I thought we were going to do that I thought we were brilliant for 45 minutes and we had him on the ropes and yeah. and sometimes away from home you feel you know you can feel the intensity a little bit more and you think right we've got him here uh, unfortunately it wasn't wasn't to be but I think they're the two games that, that I remember and then obviously the, the Jack Grealish moment which to be honest he, I was sort of standing towards the side and he ran on and you just think right he's just going to run run past you you know and you didn't think any of that was going was going to happen and the Aston Villa players were looking at us going you know what what are you doing and we were like well it's not our fault you know we wouldn't have, have let that happen it was a little bit embarrassing as as a player because you know you, you 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 everybody should feel safe on the football pitch you know and yeah. I don't think it was a good moment for anybody to you know at, at Birmingham for that to happen and and as it goes, Jack scored scored the winning goal, I think, in that game. Um, yeah. But he was useless for that first half. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was. A, it, I think it was a bit disappointing for for everybody, not just you know, not just for for that for that fan. No, the problem. Was, yeah, problem, was, problem was it was no nobody dared tackle him after that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it, he'd been yeah. kicking lumps out of him up until that moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kiftenbell's tackles first few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> In the first minute, was like welcome to St Andrews. Super, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the one with John Terry, all I remember about that one was I saw throwing clappers on the pitch. It was just loads of clappers <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on the pitch, but they were being turned into hyper, hyper airplanes. Yeah, I just uh, I mean the the one there when Digger scored that winner and he ran across the pitch. I remember that one. That was that was a pretty yeah. amazing game. Gary Gardner had scored for for Villa that one. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Claire, you got the quick fire questions now. Yeah, I do now. Was that long enough to prepare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm literally in Saturday going, which one should I do? Um, okay. Um, did you have to perform an initiation song for the Yeah, boys? I did. I think we were away against Blackpool. I did Stand By Me. Uh, easy one. I've done that since I was 18 at all the clubs that I've done. Stand By Me. The floor is yours, mate. The floor is yours. We're all here. Oh, yeah. no, no charge you get me to that now. I hate it. I'm, I'm so against these initiations. They still go on, and I still cringe every time. Who's <laughs> um, the best manager you played under? Um, lots of different ones for different reasons. The person that I'll probably go for is probably Chris Powell. Um, I played with him when I was 20, he was, and then he was my coach, and then he signed me at Charlton. So for about eight years of my, or six or seven years of my first professional career after Cambridge, he's, he was a massive influence to me. Somebody I still speak speak to every now and then. So I'd probably say Chris Powell. Um, who's your funniest teammate at the Blues? Oh, uh, I'd probably say Keith, but I loved him. He was such a good guy. You know, he had to get through so much. You know, he, he was so happy to mingle with everybody, good for a night out, always wanting to go for a coffee. Maybe not the funniest sometimes when he meant to be funny, but uh, but yeah, I'd say Keith. I love spending time with Keith. Um, if you weren't a footballer, what would you have been? 
Oh, I don't know, because I, I, I want to stay in football when I finish. I love football. I feel so lucky to have played, but I, I don't know what I'd have done. Both my brothers are teachers, so, so maybe maybe I'd have gone down that route. Nah, it's a rubbish, rubbish, rubbish thing to do. That. Oh, that's yeah. what they both say. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Um, who's the best player you've ever played against? Um, oh, do you know what? I mean... Clint Dempsey made me look really stupid away at Fulham quite a few times. Uh, he's somebody that sticks in my mind. Um, Jamie Vardy's ran me a few times, um, and then I was lucky enough to play against Harry Kane last year. So I'd probably go, probably go for for Harry Kane. And who's the best player you played with? Um, I would probably go to say Michael Elise. That's at Crystal Palace now. I think he'll go on again. I think eventually he'll be a top top talent at one of the, the best teams in, in the country or the world I was waiting for you to say check in Doy <laughs> no, he, didn't make, he didn't make my team as well you'll be surprised yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. really <laughs> Doy remember him he used to pass the ball sideways and never forwards and was really slow well, I didn't want to shout at him he was about 6 foot 8 and massive <laughs> <laughs> carry on Claire um What's your best goal apart from the, you know, the one that you scored the other week? Uh, I'd probably say Bristol City as well. Um, we beat them 2-0 two, two at a time. And again, like I sort of nicked the ball on the halfway line, beat a man, passed it, got it back and sort of dinked it over the goalkeeper. I say ding, people say it took a deflection, but it was, it was a good finish. <laughs> it, it, I saw, it was a good run. It was a good Maisy run, so probably that goal. Um, if you had to choose a five-a-side team without you in it, who would you choose? Ooh, what that I've played with at Blues? That you played with, yeah. At Blues or in my career? Uh, do one with Blues and one with Korea. Let's see if it's different. Oh, uh, so I'd go Keith and Beljukovic in a five-a-side team. Not that they're, they're technically the best players. We'd be probably better if we can tackle and, and clip it onto Juki's head. Them two would definitely be in it. Uh, Tommy Kushak in goal. Uh, Tommy, I really like Tommy. I thought he did well. I thought in his time, he did well. Uh, Shay Adams and yeah, he's a prolific goal scorer. Still doing it at a great level. Uh, really liked him and probably Jax Magoma. Bit of trickery in there. Mm. With with uh, Morrow, with, with Shay Adams, you know his his, his high scoring season before Gary Monk and James Beatty came in was seven goals and. Suddenly, as soon as they came in, bang, you know, he's got over 20 goals. And was, what was the biggest difference there? Do you think what actually brought that out of him? Yeah, I think the back end of the year before they came in under Harry, he really got some confidence off the back of Harry, really believing in him. Um, yeah. And then he was actually in and out of the team at the beginning of that season, if you remember. I think Omar Bogle started in front of him at Leeds and then Shea come on and scored in that game. And I, I think basically, I think a lot of credit goes to James Beatty. You know, I think... Shay was thinking, I've got to drop in. I've got to judge my game on how I link the play. And I think Beach just sort of got into him. He's like, you're a striker. You've got to score goals. And then yeah. just his mindset about, right, that's how I'm going to judge myself. I'm going to score goals. I'm going to get in the box. That's going to be the thing that makes makes a difference. And to be fair to Beach, he's done it with a few different players now. Um, the ladder, Wigan, uh, Keane, Will Keane, he, he was part, he scored a lot of goals under, with James Beatty helping. And I think he just came in and just, said prioritise like, you know, your numbers, getting goals, making sure you're in the box. Yes, it's nice to do all the linking work, but people want to see you score goals when you play up front. And I think that was the biggest thing that got installed in him. Yeah, yeah. That partnership with Djokovic that season was scary, wasn't it? The yeah, it was like, what deadly. Number? Yeah, yeah, it was deadly, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Really good, yeah. Sorry, Claire. And, and sorry, the other the, the rest of the question that Claire asked was a five-a-side team for your whole career as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so in goal, Ben Hamer. I got promoted with him at uh, Charlton. Uh, he's playing at Watford now. Really good goalkeeper. Played in the Premier League for Leicester. Uh, Andy King, um, he played all the way through league for their League One League uh, Championship. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I won the Premier League. Um, Michael Elise, uh, um, that's now at, at Crystal Palace. Um, who else would be in that team? I'd include Jude, but I never got to play with him. Uh, I missed out on that one. Um, try to think who else would get in that team. Uh Lucas Yao and John Swift. Did I say John Swift? Lucas Yao, he was a good striker. Um, yeah. He, he was hard work. He would never run around, but some of the skills he could do, he should have played in the Premier League, that, that geezer, but he, he had some some unbelievable skill. He was just yeah. trying to get him, get him to try. was, yeah. was the hardest task. <laughs> yeah. And Claire, any more? Um, I've got one from oh. the shout box, which is, uh, what advice would you give to a youngster now if they wanted to make it as a footballer? Um, I mean, nothing that they haven't ever heard before. I think it's just staying really, um, you know, not getting too high and not too low. When you have special moments and things go well, that's brilliant. But, you know, not getting too carried away. And equally, you're going to have you're gonna have times when it's difficult and not getting too down in the dumps. So the most level you can stay is the best for your development, the best for, for everything, really. You, you know, when you look at Instagram, you're not, it's either you're brilliant or you're rubbish, when actually it's trying to keep in the middle of like, you know, not getting ahead of yourself or not getting too down and beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll come on to squad number game now, Craig, if you don't mind. Have you got that? I have indeed. I have indeed. Um, what, we do, no. what we do tomorrow, we've got... Craig gets a season and he and he tells us a number. It's usually more than one as well to rack our brains even worse. And we've got to try and guess what... or try and tell him what players wore those numbers that season. And whenever we get a special guest, obviously, accidentally on purpose, it's always a season of that... Special guest play for us as well, obviously. Yeah, I'm so bad at I'm so bad at remembering games. So I'm glad no one's asked me to remember too many games. I'm awful at people. I remember that one. I'm like, no, I can't remember that one. <laughs> 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 well, your uh, the season I've chosen is is actually 2015-2016. Uh, okay. um, so uh, it is the season of the kit I am wearing, um, mm. but I'm after couple of numbers in terms of, of squad numbers so uh, I think uh, one of them will be pretty easy and then there'll be a test on a couple of the others so um, I'll start off with uh, number seven 
which I can say was worn twice during that particular season. The second squad number, which I think has been a little bit harder, but it's uh, number 25, and again, was worn twice that particular season. And then finally, number 44 for that season, so it's number seven, number 25, and number 44. Are we going to see if Morrow can get him and then help him out if he's struggling? Yeah. No pressure. It's the seven David Cottrell. Did he play twice that year? No. No, it was 11, wasn't it? It was 11. Yeah, can yeah. I play, can I play this week, Craig? No. No, you bark, Mr. <laughs> Meredith. You're too good at it. Let's give Morrow... Uh, you're, you're unbelievable at this, Mark. You are. You Honestly, it's unbelievable. You, you know, I, know, I know the two sevens. Yeah, do you? Fry, Fry, Fry. No, it's, that, that was the it was before he signed, wasn't it? It was the season before because uh, Fry, Fry signed under Zola, didn't they? This was yeah. Gary. This was Gary Rowett's full season when it was the season that John Torrell had obviously come in on loan and did a great job for us. Um, it, I don't know. Nah. Do you know what? I'm not going to get that. No, Should, not Mark Duffy, was it? Well, no. Fabrini. Somebody just said uh, Fabrini right? was one of the number sevens. Oh, well. oh go on. Well done. Damari <laughs> uh, no. Gray. Damari Gray. Damari yeah. Gray was the second number seven, yep. Yeah. Who? Damari Gray. Timmy Gray. Who? It's not when we make a sub, isn't it? I bet that was funny, weren't it? Morrow playing when that happened. Who? <laughs> when, when the opposition <laughs> makes a sub and the whole all the Blues fans are going like, who? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, Fabrini was such a good talent. I can't believe like his loan that year was unbelievable, and then it just never really went for him after that, did it? No, unfortunately not, because he did have a lot of ability. Yeah, yeah, a lot. I can Actually, you know the, uh, the number twenty-five. By the way, one of them was a defender; the other was a forward. Kyle Lafferty. You pack it in. Kyle Lafferty <laughs> was the forward at number twenty-five. And the number 44 was also a forward. Brock was that Madsen? Will Buckley? Brock Madsen. He's just retired, Brock Madsen, huh? Brock. Has he? Brock Madsen, number 44? Yeah. So all you're missing now is one number 25 who was a defender. Jane Landry. <laughs> Chris, he's barred. He's barred. <laughs> that was Chris? Who was it? Mark, Jane sorry. Landry. Jane Landry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's over in uh, Doha or Qatar now, I think. I see him on his Instagram. He's over somewhere. Shane Lowry, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never oh. would have got that for sat here until this no, time next no, week. No, no. He was Australian, wasn't he? Yeah. He was indeed. Yeah. He still yeah. is, then, Mark, if he was. <laughs> 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 he's from Azerbaijan now. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, Morrow, we asked you to pick your. Um, did we get all them? Sorry, is that is that done now? You did indeed. You got yeah. all of them. And well done yeah. to everybody in the shout box that got them as well. Quite a few people. Yeah, shout box, box was pretty busy. Very good. Let's Very do good. the let's do the who next actually before we come on tomorrow's one to eleven. So what we do now, Morrow, we play a clip of someone speaking that's played with you that during yeah. your time of blues, and we want you to tell us who it is. Uh, right. Okay. Just one that's moment. My memory. This is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Never forget. Oh, I did too many balls. That's my problem. <laughs> Not that. This is, when I, this is when I throw him under the bus now. And, uh, oh, this, uh, you're playing his wonder goal then. Uh, sorry, I haven't got it up for some reason. Not up. No. 
Okay, do you want to no, 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 no. find that, Chris? We'll, we'll, and then what we'll yeah, do that. I'll find that we'll, for some reason. We asked you to um, pick your 1 to 11, didn't we, Morrow, from your five years with us, the players you played with. And uh, obviously, you know, you couldn't pick yourself. I guess straight away you would have been the captain, but, yeah. you know, just to make it more fun, we never asked the players to, the, to pick themselves. So uh, off you go. Tell us what, what formation you play. I went, I went just classic 4 4 2. I was thinking about playing a 10, but. The, the strikers that I had, I, I needed to put put both of them in, so I just went for four four two, kept it simple. Uh, yeah. Probably not allowed to do that these days. Oh, you got to play four two three one or a three four three with a box or whatever. But I went four four two. Um, I had the choice. My goalkeeper, I, I went uh, Tommy Kushak. I, I, the reason why I went for it is Tommy. I probably played in goal. He probably played in goal the most. And I just remember one time against Derby at home, he made this save. It come off me flipped off me and he got across the goal. I've never seen somebody do it so well and he flipped it around the corner. It was such a fantastic save. I mean, he couldn't kick the ball to save his life, to be fair to him, but he couldn't shot stop on a Saturday because he never bothered in training, but on a Saturday, he was unbelievable. Um, I, I really liked Tommy. I had a bit of time for him. I could have gone for Darren Randolph. I was with him for a little while. He was a special goalkeeper, went on to have a good career at West Ham. And he was good. Was that the game, Morrow? Was that the game when Roy, the photographer, fell backwards? Would well, you remember that? He was coming out for the game and Roy, the photographer, I can't got remember. Blamed. It was Brilliant. really early one. I think it was the first game of the season. Uh, or the yeah. second season. Roy, 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 an absolute legend. Any of the club photographer. Yeah. He, fell, yeah, he yeah. fell backwards. Do you remember that when he fell backwards? But they were the two. Or Campy. I really like Campy. He was a good guy. Um, yeah. A right back, <laughs> Paul Caddis. I think most people would say if you got to play with him, he's a club legend. He was, you know, when I was talking about, you know, how I ended up here, one of them moments, them sliding door moments. If you hadn't scored, then, you know, Birmingham aren't in the championship and you don't know what would happen. So, yeah, yeah. Paul Caddis, right was side that tough, Was that right tough between Maxine, a right back? Yeah, I'm actually going to see Max in, in France uh, when our season finishes the week after they're playing Rennes. So I'm actually going over there. He's. His uh, wife and my wife get on really well. So Max was, yeah, was definitely up there. And, you know, he's, he, you know, Matt games he played, he was so reliable, but yeah. you can't beat Paul Caddis, can you? You know, just for that. No. For that. Yeah. Um, so Max then watching, but you won't be invited anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you won't watch it, hopefully, yeah. Um, Centre half, I went, I went Paul Robinson. Uh, and now I appreciate him even more. I'm 35, going to be 36. When I played with him, he was 38 in the championship, playing most weeks unbelievable character brilliant around the training ground really showed me how to be a captain was really good with that because it could have been a little bit uh, needly I suppose as I come in you know I got made captain and he was club captain but he was so good with me really helped showed me a lot what to do off the pitch with with, with such a big club um, and I really really appreciate that someone I still keep in touch with and somebody that you know that somebody that I, you know, I want to try and see if I can beat his. You know, he got to his thirty-eight, I think it was. So, you know, can I beat that? Albeit not at the same level, but that's a good um, Morrow. That's a good segue to our captains' night on the seventh of March in um, so-called studios in Acots Green um, yeah. on behalf of uh, EA Promotions. I look forward to hosting that myself as well. So that'll be a good night. Yeah, it should T- be a good evening. Tickets are still available, everybody, as well. I believe, aren't they, Chris? Yes, sir. Yeah. So yeah, get your tickets for that. And then I went with, I had the choice out of Harley Dean or Ryan Shotton, and I went Harley Dean. And uh, uh, Harley, Harley was a really good player, really, you know, really helped me as we got a connection. It took us a little while to get connected because when they first come in, they'd sign Mark Roberts, they'd sign Harley Dean, and they'd sign myself. So all three of us were fighting for these two positions. Um, and it was really difficult at the time. I was in the team, I was out of the team, Harley was in the team and out of the team. And 
eventually we connected me and Harley and I think we put a, you know especially under Gary Mutt put a really solid you know pairing together um, I liked playing with Ryan Shotton as well but I went for Harley Dean I probably ended up playing with him more uh, Shots was really difficult to play with he was so laid back you know, trying to get him to, to do to do stuff was could be quite difficult, but he was such a good player. He probably yeah. made it harder for me because you're going, well, don't kick it down in his channel because he's six foot two and massive and can run. So I ended up having to do a lot more work when I played with Ryan Shot. And so I've gone Harley Dean and Robbo at centre half. Uh, left back went Christian Pedersen. Um, yeah. Christian, real athlete, six foot strong, could do could do everything, could get forward. Um, so I went with Christian. Could have gone with Brownsy, but. Uh, you know, he we went off and played. I think Grant's played over 150 games. Played, you know, ended up playing so many games for the club. Really reliable. But I went, I went Christian. And then my two midfielders, I went for for some legs in there. I went Digger and uh, Michael Keith and Bell. Both of them, you know, they are what they they are on the tin. You know, you know what you're going to get out of them. You want to be in the trenches with a pair of them. Uh, probably more talented footballers than they were giving credit for. But I love playing with both of them. They're really honest. They always played. And then every every manager always went, right, I'm going to try and evolve the team a little bit and not play them. And then as soon as we lost a few, it'd be right, get them back in, back to basics. Um, I really liked the pair of them. I thought they were brilliant. I thought they were really good players. A um, couple of technicians that I could have gone for, could have gone for Gleeson or Teshi. I really liked Teshi. Was, we didn't see enough of him. I, I was glad that we didn't keep him that year after we had him on loan from Forest. I thought we were going to keep him for a bit longer um, and wasn't able to. Um, but yeah I went for Digger and Keithton Beld uh, and then I've got Damari Gray on my right wing he was electric he was probably you know I could see the talent that he had straight away I remember we played Preston away and he absolutely I can't remember who the player was he tore him apart and just couldn't score and you're like once this kid starts scoring he's going to go to the top and obviously he ended up going to Leicester I think he's in he's in Saudi Arabia now I don't think he'd be yeah. you quid um, I could have got David Cottrell um but I think, uh, yeah, I wanted to go for Damari. I went Mags on the left wing, Jax Magoma. Um, yep. One of the years, I think he got player of the season when I was there. Like, he was so tricky. He could carry the ball so well, especially when we were playing counter-attack where he could get you out, you know, away from home. He could bring you up the pitch so well. Um, so I went with him. And then I suppose up front was, this was my tricky part. I could have gone for a 10. If I'd have gone for a 10, I'd have gone John Sorrell. You know, I think that season he was he was amazing that year, and unfortunately he's not reproduced that again. But that year he, he was in a really good place, and you know I think he scored over ten goals for us on loan, first loan as well. So he was it. But I went I went Clayton Donaldson and and Juki. I went Clayton because when I first got the club he was unplayable. The times the ball would go into him, how hard he used to work for everybody. I think he was a real throwback. I, I really like Clayton, and then I went with Juki. He's been at the club for forever long. So lucky to play with him. Top guy, top professional. And he scored the most headers of anybody in, in the football league. Um, yeah. And then I suppose the one that misses out is Shea Adams, you know, and he was unplayable that year, him and him and Juki were up front, but I, I had to find a space for Clayton and, and Juki up front together. Some other good players as well you played with, I mean, Gary Gardner that season under Gary Monk came close to winning player of the season, didn't he, as well, when Shea yeah. Adams obviously got it with all these goals. And I thought Hotter had a decent season that season as well. He got about 14 assists and six or seven goals. Yeah, I really liked Hotter. I think it took him a while to, to find his feet here. And I think some of the price tag and some of the stuff about his wages didn't help him. I think if you looked at him from from just a player point of view, you know, he, he really affected games and was really good. But I think because everybody was like, he's supposed to be on this, he's supposed to be doing this. We, we all probably wanted a little bit more from him. Yeah. Um, 
a really really calm guy really really talented footballer no doubt yeah, yeah just, on, uh, just on yeah. Juki uh, Michael is is that the uh, the hardest type of striker to defend obviously you've been a centre half is that they're <clears> the big strong guys in the air is that the hard ones to defend no is nowadays it- it's the fast quick ones the small quick ones they're the ones that cause me the most problems now um, but yeah Juki's Juki's there's not too many like that anymore so it, it is difficult to play against them and certainly when you know, I'm you know, I'm playing with Lyle Taylor at the moment when, you know, that sort of striker that backs into you that makes it really difficult. Um, yeah, it, it really helps the team. I think you don't appreciate that type type of player until they're in your team. You're like, God, how much work he does for us, how he helps us get out of our half. Yeah, he does a lot of unsung unsung work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Hughes, with Duke and Donaldson in the team, we wouldn't need a midfield. They would never No, it'd be going over the top of them and Duke and then Digger and Keith and Bell would be on the seconds. <laughs> question for Morrow from, from Mike Hill so I think the introduction of women refs is good for the game what is your view yeah we've had a few I think I had uh, I think that I had the female ref last year that, that refed in the Premier League she actually gave a penalty against me that I didn't think was a penalty uh, <laughs> but yeah I think you know I've got I've got girls myself I want to encourage them to go to football and be part of it and you know, I think all that all that stuff that everybody's doing within the game and externally from the game, all the promotion, commercial stuff, I think is is vital to to lift the audience and, and keep the game improving for both women's and, and men's. Absolutely. And then just back onto your teammate, sorry, just quickly, captain and manager. Uh I'd go Paul Robinson captain, no doubt. Easy, easy answer for me. I thought he was an absolute fantastic captain on and off the pitch. He, every time I played next to him, I looked round and you knew he had that bit between his teeth. Um, and it, it was inspiring. Um, and manager, I I probably got a guy. It's a tough one between Gary, uh, the both of Gary's really. But I, I think I'd go. I think I'd go Gary Rowett. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Have we got the U now, Chris? Uh, yep, I think Paul. I've got it lined up. If you want to explain to Morrow. So yeah, so Chris is going to play a player talking now that you played with for us and. Literally, just got to guess who it is. Okay, here we go. Please work, please work. You, know, you just have to look at last season where they finished and you know the playoff final. Hang on. Unfortunately, Hang they didn't on. go. Obviously, Huddersfield. It's away, you. But I think you know Hang Chris Brown. Yeah, yeah. Who is it? It's, it's me. Um, so yeah, that was obviously one job. All you've got. And to play and hold. Is a, is a man of few words. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. It's just one of Rose friends. When things, yeah, go wrong, when, go. Things, when things like this go wrong, it just proves that we're live, doesn't it? Just, just wait, just wait. Have a bit of patience with you. Here you go. It ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then forget well, that. Then. Don't work, Chris. Shall we talk about the women? Go on then. Go on then. Go on then, Craig. So, uh, disappointing result yesterday. Um, again, what I will say was a very good uh, and structured Southampton side. Um, so I mean again though thanks to everybody that turned up just just shy of uh, 1750 people there so it was, uh, it was a good attendance down there but took a good early lead fantastic for the first 15-20 minutes the ladies team were unplayable they were absolutely superb got the lead and then unfortunately a couple of just lacks really in, in defence um, cost us so um, mistake just before half time Kind of took the uh, wind out the sails a little bit, and then in the second half of the game, we conceded a rather silly defensive goal. But you know, we, we, we lost the game two one. 
the thing that I take away from it all is is the honesty of of both Daz Carter and uh, and Jade Moore at the end of it because they both said we just simply on the day we're not good enough. Now we're not out the running, and you know still a few points behind the top of the table. There's only one position that goes up in this league. But we've got a game in hand against uh, a Reading side that, that are struggling. So um, that's been rescheduled now. So uh, hopefully we'll see that coming. And then some really important home games coming up uh, with, with Blackburn being one of those uh, in March. So it's a little bit of a break now for the internationals. But then we'll move on. Um, we're still, still working to get um, Daz and, and some of the ladies on the show to talk about it and hopefully we can do that ahead of of that game against Blackburn and also don't forget you know we get tickets through the show for to, to go down every season ticket holder can go for free so we've backed the lads you know uh, and now I just like it to say I know it's tough for people sometimes to do two games on the bounce but if you can get down there just even for one game let's back the ladies and and give them the support that they need to hopefully continue this uh, Super League promotion push um, and let's see see how far we can we can go. But thanks for everybody that's been down. We had some really good feedback this weekend on a gentleman that took his son, right? He's not normally able to get down to games. So he had tickets, tickets via us and his feedback was his son loved it. Now wants to go down with his, his uh, niece, uh, to the next game and his son and his sister wants to go as well so it's more people attracting to the game um, and obviously for those that can't normally make it it's a great family day out so um, yeah let's see a few more people down there and uh, ahead of the next game let's see what we can do mm, definitely I think I've got it lined up now please God here we go. Yeah, you just have to look at last season where they finished and, you know, the playoff final. Unfortunately, they didn't go, obviously, Huddersfield's way, but I think, you know, this season you want to kick on again and, and try and get, you know, one better. Um, so, yeah, that was obviously the main the main thing for me is to come here and, and to play and hopefully, you know, we can kick on together. Mm-hmm. There you go. Did you get that? that? Did you get that? Or do you want me to do it again? Is that Conor Mahoney? Wow. Straight Ooh. away, yes. In, in fact, I think you've got to be the first person first. that's ever come on and got it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Hey, not headed too many balls, apparently. I've been all right. Wow, <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. the first one. Yeah, you're the first one ever that's done that. Honestly, yeah. We, we yeah. always everyone everyone usually struggles, don't they? Every time. I do. Yeah. We, yeah. Robert, we got Robert with West Thomas, and he was oh, there for eight. Got West Thomas. I Thomas. No. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, uh, that, that, that ladies and gentlemen, was who? That's <laughs> 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 all over and done with quickly, wasn't it? There we go. So, yeah, I've so... Got, so yeah, course, on, sorry, Paul, sorry, Paul. You know, uh, Michael, you know the goal you did score? You know, the, the uh, Messi-like goal? Was, it, was yeah. that sort of planned? Or was it, you know, the, the longer you went on, you sort of happened by accident? Or did it, you definitely plan it? Wasn't, it definitely wasn't planned. No, I sort of... Uh, <laughs> so, before... Before that goal, I dribbled it over to the left and and got caught in got the ball nicked off me. So I was like, I don't want to go too wide this time. I'm going to cut back inside. And then before I knew it, I was running past another player. And then I was in the box. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going to knock it in the corner now. So no, it definitely weren't planned. I think if I if I planned it, I'd have probably messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> was, Steve, was Steve Cottrell Shrewsbury's manager then as well? 
Unfortunately, not, no. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, that made it better. Yeah, we've actually got footage, haven't we, Chris? I don't want to throw you under the bus again if you don't work, like. No, here but... we go. It's getting, there's no there's no sound, but I'm going to show it. Uh... No, here we go. Here we go. It's playing. It's in, I've, I've, this, one, this, this bit is in slow motion as well because it, it makes it look even better. So he, get, he picks it up just inside his own, just inside their half. Here you go. Oh, unbelievable goal! That's a cracker. That's a cracker. Brilliant. Excellent. There you go. Yeah, Morrow Donna. I think you've been called that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There'll be loads of loads of Argentinians wearing Cambridge tops. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Morrow, you've mentioned Lyle Taylor. Um, obviously, loved his time when he was on loan. Um, at Birmingham, a lot of people say you, you should never fall in love with a loney, but he was he was one person that we all adored just because of you know not just his, his ability to score but his charisma. How did you find him at Cambridge? Because I know he's he's a type of person that some people have described him as marmite. You either love him or you hate him. But what, what's what's your thoughts around Lyle? Because a lot of say I loved him. Yeah, I mean, he's had a real strong connection with our fans straight away. He wears his heart on his sleeve, says it how it is, and I think people appreciate that. He's quite articulate in the way that he speaks as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he's really good at bringing the team and the fans together. He's done that really well in the short period of time he's been there. And I can understand why some places it hasn't worked for him and some places it has. He's, I think he feels most comfortable as, as the main man, and I think we've been able to facilitate that for him within our team. And... You know, he struggled a little bit at Wickham for game time. You can see why possibly it's not worked out for him there. And, the, you know, if he's not the main man, I think it can be difficult for him. Um, but he's a really nice guy and he's got a lot to say for himself all the time. Bubbly character. So it's nice that he's in a positive mood. So, yeah, I can see why people have said that. But I've only seen the good side of him. <laughs> just love his penalty. He, he, the way he comes up to take a penalty, it will never, ever change. And it's just so... Well, I... I Sneaky is the wrong way to use it, but just the way that he, he completely faults the goalkeepers with that that little run up, he's just brilliant. Yeah, I've I've seen it before. Obviously, I've watched it, but I've never had it in my team, so I don't know if I'll be so relaxed when I'm watching him do it this time. But, uh, <laughs> hopefully, he hasn't lost that touch. It's a bit like Ivan Tony, isn't he? The way he takes them, similar, similar. Yeah, like, he walks up with no with no. Uh, I haven't actually seen him practicing that many because you thought like, oh, maybe you've got practicing, but I haven't seen him. Since he's been in, he's not really practiced them, so it must just be one of them things that he's just that he's got the knack of. Well, I hope yeah. he has anyway. Definitely. Keep your questions coming in for tomorrow. By the way, we will read them out, and uh, we've got our live show next week as well, haven't we, Chris? Oh well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Still yeah. to the tickets available. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's it's a bit of an experiment to see how it goes, and uh, if it does go well, then you know maybe we'll take it on the road. Who knows? Let's hope everything works, eh? Yeah, yeah. Everything's going to work, yeah. <laughs> no, it'll all work. It'll all work. Don't worry. So give us your... I know you said your, your memory's bad, Morrow, of your games with Blues, but what would you say would be your sort of top three games up when you was at Blues in the five years? If you had to pick three games that you could go back and relive, what would they be and why? Uh, Watford at home. Uh, set, that was my first home game. Uh, definitely that one, without doubt. Uh, Bristol City uh, away when we stayed up. Uh, that yeah. was a mad day uh, unbelievable pressure um, yeah actually you know I'd been I'd been injured that that season 
uh, for a long time. So, you know, I only played the last two or three games and I think we beat Huddersfield against the odds. There was a lot going on in that game. And then obviously to go and beat Bristol City, you know, that was an amazing feeling of, of relief. Um, so they're the big two that stick out. And then what we beat Reading once 5-1. I think Damari Gray scored two or three in that game. It was, you know, yeah. was one of the best performances from a team. That, that Chris, Chris, Chris actually would have been naked because it was 6 Oh, one. six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Mike Donaldson got a hat-trick, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. And then we played uh, Forest once. Um, we beat them 3-1 around uh, Christmas time. We got beat heavily against Derby and Gary picked the same team. And I think that was quite brave of him to do that. And we went uh, and repaid him and, uh, and won 3-1 at, at the City Ground. That was a, another good day for me as well. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a brilliant question from Pete Tyler here. Ask Morrow who would win in a boxing match between Juki and Czech Endoy. Cool, that'd be a good one, wouldn't it? It would that'd be a good one. I'd, I'd pay for that. Cool. I'm, I'm going to have to go Czech Endoy. I just would not want to be in a fight with him. He was <laughs> no. so, I just couldn't imagine him stopping. Juki's a nice guy deep down. Uh, and Czech, I think, would be ruthless. <laughs> Ray Holbro, question for Morrow. As a professional footballer, what do you think of VAR? I think uh, I think they've got it right. Premier League does that. EFL EFL doesn't, and I think that's what makes it separates it. That's what makes the EFL product much better. That's why people like going to the Championship. The one thing I've not done is gone to a Premier League game and watch and been at the stadium when they're doing VAR. You know, you sit and watch at home, and you know what's going on. I think it must be so frustrating as a fan when you're at the stadium with all the stoppage going on and not knowing what's happening. Where I just I think the purity of it in the Championship in the EFL League One, League Two. Um, is why people like going to that games rather than you know all right, we've got to stop and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I can see its place and there's nothing more frustrating as a as a player when it's an obvious handball or the, the referee's made an obvious mistake. But um, I think I prefer without it. Mm. Maybe, maybe one maybe one day we'll experience it. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Claire, I think uh, Lilypads sent something through. Um, do, you want to, do you want to read it out for yeah. Mora? So this is from Lilypad. He was our M&M, our centre-back. He loved to sing, he loved to laugh. He's a legend who was a blue, and although he left, he's still a super dude. But our M&M is on the box, our TTS. He'll never be forgot. For he's one in a million, a role model to all. Good luck in your career, your love of football. Keep that on. Thank you very much. It's good. She's also asking who had the worst dress sense at Blues. <laughs> That's a tough one. Ryan Shotton used to wear some some stuff that I would never wear. I'm not. It probably was more fashionable to me. But Ryan, I remember Ryan Shotton wearing spending a bit of money on some stuff that I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that. Ian Clayton, if Blues went down against Bristol City, sorry, it's gone off my screen. If Blues went down against Bristol City, how bad would it have been financially at the time for the club? I, I can't really answer that one. It's just one of them things that you don't really know. Uh, no. You know, as a player, you never really, or, you know, certainly when I was at Birmingham, you never realised what was going on, what was happening, how bad it was. You know, when we had the point deduction, um, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't know what was happening. And I think often fans think that we find out stuff before they do. You know, I've I've had managers sacked and my friends have texted me and said, oh, I see, your manager's been sacked. You know, we're not always notified before to tell us, all right, this is coming out and, and it's not as... 
managed as well as what what I think fans think. You know, sometimes we we find out after, after fans when managers have been sacked or rules have been changed. You know, in terms of the points deductions and stuff like that. Um, and that's not just at Birmingham. You know, when I was at Reading, I mean, it's not a very good example. I had points deducted the following, you know, two years later or the following season there as well. So. You know, it is harder than it seems to to run these football clubs right and get them moving in the right right direction. And you know, it looks like the the owners now are doing that. You know, there's a lot of work going in around the city as well, which is really important. And you know, hopefully, we're building something new. Yeah, it must be horrible because obviously, I've seen you play many games and you wear your heart on your sleeve and you run for a brick wall for your team. And when you're doing that week in week out and working your watsits off for your club. Um, it must be so frustrating when you just, you know, it's completely out of your control and you get nine points deducted off you or, you know, moving on further into your reading time, you get points taken off you there as well for all the work and effort that you put in. It must be really frustrating. Yeah, I think the most, probably the most frustrating time was when when the, uh, when they sat Gary because I think, you know, it's easy to say now, but I think it was it was really frustrating because I think we built on on progression of what we had. We knew what we were as a team. We knew where we needed to go. I think he had... A clear plan of what he wanted to recruit in the January and you know and obviously he didn't get that that time and it would have been really interesting to see how he would have progressed the team you know maybe it hadn't worked but I think that's the the one moment when you think oh, why have they done that like that could have been something special maybe it wouldn't have been but at the time it felt like something was was coming along like that you know we'd just beat Ipswich and we were in the you know just off the playoffs or in the playoffs and I think that's the one that frustrates you and then Obviously, with a points deduction, you know, fortunately, we didn't get relegated. But as a player, you're thinking, you know, I could end up with a relegation on my CV here for, for nothing, you know, when it's not my fault. Like the club have, you know, not done, not have worked right. We've got nine, ten points deducted and you've ended up having a relegation on your CV and you don't know why that can happen entirely in your career, you know? Mm. No, that's the question. Pushka? Yeah. Oh. So I was there when we lost 5-0 against Brentford away, which was Steve Cottrell. And I was also there when we lost against Rotherham in the Zola era. What was it like as a player listening to fans wanting the manager out? Yeah, it's difficult as well because, you know, it depends on your situation as players. Certain players, you know, aren't in the team. So they probably go, well, yeah, I want to see the player out. Certain players are in the team and thinking, well, we're going about it the wrong way. I'd like to see the manager out. And then there's other players going, well, he's picking me every week. I like what he's doing. I want him to stay. So, you know, from a from a mindset point of view, it, everybody's individual. And that that's half the issue at the time. You want everybody to be aligned on the same page. And that's the, the prerogative of the manager and of the football team to align everybody together. So, you know, when there are a few people that might be happy that a manager's changing, you're probably not doing your job as well as you'd like. So it, it can be difficult. Um, and it is difficult if you're following a plan that you, you don't believe in um, but as professionals you, you want to play every game so you, you follow follow what you're told because you want to be a good teammate and you want to you want to play every week that's the that's the be all and end all for, for players who want to play um, certainly for me I want to play in games and you want to help help everybody um, but yeah it can be difficult it, and you know, normally when people are asking for the managers to get sacked, the players aren't playing very well themselves. So you're looking at yourself as well, thinking, "Well, I need to perform here because it's you know, manager can set you up a certain way, can say say whatever, but as a player, you feel responsible for it yourself. You know, if somebody's asking for the manager to leave, chances are you've not been winning games, and, and as a defender, you've probably been at fault for for some of them goals or some of them mistakes. Can, yeah. I, can I ask you a question there, Michael? The, I asked this of Robbo, and he kind of fudged the answer. But as a, you must, you must have in in your time as a professional had many managers come through, 
the door. Have you, be honest, have you ever seen a manager come through the door and think, oh my God, no, this is, this is not going to be, this is not good? Um, no, I think it takes a little bit of, of time for, for that to happen when you're thinking, actually, I'm not sure he's got the right grasp of, of what the team's doing or, or what the team is. I think you, you know, the new manager comes in and he comes in with a, you know, blank, you know, everybody, you hear him say, you know, I, there's no, I'm not, not judging anyone from what happened before. So you're on a level playing field. And I think honestly, managers do, do believe in that. And I think as a player, you're ready to listen to, to what the new manager's got to say. Um, so I don't think, no, I don't think straight away, you know, right, this isn't working, but there, there can be a time after a little while you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure that's the right way to treat people. Um, and sometimes it's, oh, I'm not sure that's the right tactic. Um, yeah. I think yeah. as a player, as a person, it's more, you're more offended with the way that manager might treat people rather than the tactics that he chooses. And, you know, that's just me personally. Yeah. Robbo kind of said, well, I'm not a sulker and whatever I think of the bloke that's coming through the door, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be as professional and do, and do, do my job. And, and that's it. Uh, and I think, and I, I accepted that, but I thought to myself, that's, that's tough. That's a tough way. If, if, if you, if you are logged with the manager, you know, it's tough to not sulk if you're an I Yeah, I don't think it's, it's, I wouldn't say it was sulking, but there's definitely people you prefer to play for than, than not, you know, or you feel you've got a relationship with and they feel the trust is, goes both ways. I think that that's just natural. Um, it's not that you're not trying any harder for somebody, just other people are a good fit for you or good motivation for you, you know, all, in all walks of life, everyone has a manager they might like or might not like. doesn't mean that you don't act professional and do your best. It's just sometimes you prefer to play for other people. You feel like you're getting treated more with more responsibility. You might have more ownership on the team and that, that, that comes into it, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Rob, was you going to come in, mate? Was you going to say something? Yeah, so, sorry. I was going to ask uh, Michael, you know, going back to when Gary Rout was sacked, um, how did that? How was that broken to you as a group? Was it himself talk, calling together or was it somebody from the club? How did how did it, you know, how did you find out? We we were in on a call down, I think it was a Tuesday or when, I think it must have been a Tuesday game. Uh, night, yeah, yeah. And then on the Wednesday, we were in for call down anyway. Um, and then there was a meeting and uh, that had got pulled that shouldn't have been pulled it's right as a meeting so we didn't know what was going on and at the time actually there was a lot to do with uh, some of the the paedophile stuff that had gone on in, in, in football and we thought that oh maybe it was a meeting about that or you know like something more generalised than that and then Gary kind of walked in and was like listen guys I've been sacked and everyone was like what? can't believe this you know lots of like completely out of the blue there was no murmur normally you'd know something um and it, yeah, ended up like Gary getting a second. That's how we got told. Um, and we were actually having like a partner's Christmas party with our partners in that evening. So everybody was together in the evening. And I remember going over to the Radisson to meet uh, Panos with um, with Robbo uh, and Panos sort of saying, listen, we've done this, but there's still a plan. We're going to get a new manager as soon as possible. We'll be in before the weekend, blah, blah, blah. Trust us. Uh, and that's how, that's how it got planned. And then we relayed that to, to the team at the you know, the, the party or wasn't really a party because everybody was sort of just there to find out what was happening. Um, and then, yeah, and then Zola came in on the, the, the Thursday or the Friday or it might have even been announced later on that, that evening. I can't quite remember the time frame, but yeah, it was it was very much, very abrupt. Uh, and, and Gary just came into the room and told everyone and it was, it was a big shock. 
Yeah. yeah. I remember all the meeting, I'd just come out and my phone, I must have had about sort of 15 text messages. So I was going on here. I'd only been in the meeting for about 45 minutes. But yeah, I just couldn't believe it. It was just so surreal. When it, when it happened, Mark Merritt, yeah, you. Tell us your, tell us your, where was you, where was you when you found out Rowett was sacked and how shocked was you? Um, I, I can't even remember where I would have been. I've probably been on the fields myself, but yeah, I'd, it was a shock for everybody, I think. Um, you know, I loved, I loved Rowett. I would have watched him play for Blues and then obviously as a manager as well. Um, and again, like, like this morning, obviously I'm six hours behind you guys, so I woke up this morning to 35 messages about Tony Mowbray, so I can, I know the feeling of just getting messages on your phone. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was a clear shock for everybody involved in the club, I think, that day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and obviously we're coming to the last five minutes or so, but is there any um, what sort of dressing room around like the training ground? Any? I know Robbo's obviously a prankster, but any, any other good pranksters and any good stories you can tell us about? Any funny pranks or jokes that you used to play on each other or anything like that you can tell us about? Any funny stories? Uh, I could probably share one about Zola when he first came in. He was asking me, you know, do you think it's going to work out with managers? And oh, we played Brighton on the Saturday and uh, we he was going through the team and he started talking about uh, Brighton's team, bearing in mind they were the best team in the league. And Sam Baldock had scored the most goals that league. In He was uh, the hot striker at the time. And Zola was doing his thing, you know, talking about these players. And he was like... Sam Bollocks, we've got to watch out for him. Sam Bollocks is this. And straight away, people are going, oh, I'm not quite sure this is going to work. And he's first with <laughs> Sam Bollocks, Sam Bollocks. So that, that sometimes there's, there's some red flags that pop up, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So predictions for Saturday, then Ipswich away. Oh, dear. Chris, do you want to start us off? Ipswich away? Um, oh, I think we're on a roll. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll go for a sneaky 1-0 win. Oh, that'd be good. Craig? Uh, I think a very, very, very tough and regimented Ipswich side. So I, um, I'll go for one-one. I, th- I think we'll we'll get a result, but it's going to be tough. Fair. Um, I hope we get something because it takes three hours to get there. So yeah, it's I'm horrible. Hoping, horrible. You know, I'm hoping. I've got. You know, I think I'll take a draw right now if you gave it to me. One-one. Yeah, Mark Meredith. It's a tough one. I I, I think we'll get beat one-nil, but obviously my heart wants. Uh, I'll take a draw as well. I'd take a 1-1 draw, um, but I do think in my head a 1-0 defeat. Mm. Alan? Well, uh, if Ipswich have been my mystery team all year, I, I cannot understand. I've seen seen highlights. I've seen them live. I cannot understand why they are where they are. And they, they're slipping. Mm. Uh, and I think we might uh, take advantage of that with a, a close win, 2-1 or something. Uh and I've I've been telling everybody since the season started, and Ipswich won I don't know ten games on the trust or whatever it was, that they wouldn't get promoted. And I I'm trusting my boys to stick another nail in their coffin. That'd be very good. Yeah, Mark Adams. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go for a sneaky two one as well. I think it'll be a, another win against one of his uh, one of Tony's old teams. So I'm going to go two one as well. Mm. You know, yeah. you know if if Mayso can do it, we can. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mauro, what do you reckon, mate? Oh, I feel really bad here because I'm going to go 2-1 Ipswich. I, I've seen a lot of Ipswich and I actually think they're really good. I think they're really strong with Kiefer Moore up front now. I think they recruit really well in January and him. He's somebody that I really like. Seen them play yeah. a lot. They played against us last year. Everybody is fine-tuned to what they're doing, even the ones that come in off the bench. And Yeah, I, I think Ipswich, they beat Millwall quite comfortably the other day as well. And 
I think st- I still think they're on a good run. I still think they're getting in the playoffs. I, f- I fancy them two one. I'll go for a Desmond two two. I went to Ipswich away under uh, for Harry's first game when he first took oh. over permanently. Yeah, you I were playing that one. Yeah. You were playing that tomorrow. We lost one nil, I think, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire, are you going? Yeah, of course I am. It's a tough question, they wouldn't kick off if you but they wouldn't kick off if you weren't there now, would they? <laughs> no, did, um, yeah, you got to love it, don't you? At the end of the day, like, yeah, um, yeah we should. Hopefully, it'll be a good day. It's just when you travel all that way and you don't get anything. So let's hope. And hopefully, we built a bit of momentum as well. Hopefully, they're worried about us, which is what mm. we want teams to be. So we'll yeah. see everybody there and see what happens. And hopefully, you know, with Tony not being there on the day, you know, hopefully uh, the lads can go and do it for him as well, you know. And I know that he'll get to speak to them remotely and stuff, but, you know, he won't be on the touchline, will he, and stuff. So hopefully that'll, you know... I mean, they don't need it. They've been doing really well lately, the last couple of games. Just carry on what they're doing. And the better the opposition gets... He even said this, didn't he, in his interview after the game on Saturday. And I love what he said. He just said, they're only footballers. Don't worry about it. Just go out there and do your job and just try and do what you're doing better than them. And... You know, we're trying to play on the front foot. And what I do like as well is when we're in the box and we're attacking the opposition, you know, it's like pinball now, isn't it? We've got three or four players in the box every time we attack and we look like every goal we've scored has been quite scrappy, if you like. But who cares? It doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, yeah we, we we weren't capable of scoring those sort of goals because we never had enough bodies around. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and now we've had two occasions where, you know, as you say, it's pinballed around. And eventually, it's fell at one of our feet, and it's been yeah. stuck away. Yeah. Whereas before, the thing would have gone ding dong ding, and then cleared. And exactly. Uh, we we know we're near getting getting shots in on goal. No. Uh, What's that? Is it party? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that means it's full time, ladies and gentlemen. So we've been the Tilt and Talk Show. Thanks for watching tonight, and. Um, I've been Paul Hipkiss and it's good night from me and it's good night from Claire Giblin. It's good night from me, good night from Chris Brown. And it's good night from me and it's good night from Alan Watton. And it's good night from me and it's good night from my good friend, The Rope. Good night from me and it's good night from my bully, Craig Courtney. Saving <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best till last, but no, uh, it's good night from me and finally I'll hand over to Michael Morrison himself. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. KRO8. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Hi, Mark. Thank you for joining up in America. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well done, Mark Meredith. Good night, from Rolf Mer- Good night from Rolf Meredith as well. <laughs> I'm getting paid a lot to wear this gear. Don't worry about that. Who <laughs> <laughs> you got Sandy, Michael? Uh, Bolt. Uh, yeah, Bolt. We've got Bolt oh. tomorrow. Bolton tomorrow and we play Peterborough at home, which is a big derby for us. Oh, okay. Big game. Good looking, good looking them two games. Yeah, indeed. You're gonna score. You're gonna score in one of them two games. I hope it's the Peterborough one, if I'm honest. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rope, have you got any friends yet? Uh, Michael, you've been my mate, wouldn't you? Yeah, the bar for a pipe, haven't we? Yeah. Mike, there you go. Michael, 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 if you score. 
if you score this season, can you do that as your celebration? Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. We will yeah. be watching. Right. Oh, <laughs> you got a score now, that's the hard part. You're just yeah. going to go up to the different guy. <laughs> or if Cambridge, if Cambridge United sell robes in their club shop, buy one and then put it on when you score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. <sighs> oh, robe, no, you feel no. special now. Are you mopping out tonight? Dropping <laughs> out soon. <laughs> and a reminder, this podcast is available every Tuesday from midday onwards on all the major platforms including Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Deezer and Amazon as well as many more. If you've enjoyed this podcast, let us know. Maybe you haven't. Still let us know. Cheers. The Talking Dog Show. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.